Today on The Road to Reality, K.P. Yohannan expresses the great need we have to demonstrate our love for the Lord by helping children in need throughout Asia. Hi there. Welcome. This is Road to Reality, the ministry of GFA. Today, Brother K.P. Yohannan will bring us a message from Mark chapters 9 and 10, and Brother K.P. will focus on the Lord's great interest in children. As we learn how much He cares for them, let's allow our compassion to grow as well. Let's join Brother K.P. Yohannan now as we turn in our Bibles to Mark chapter 9. I want to share a few uh, Bible verses with you from the uh, Gospel of Mark chapter 9 verse 36 it's talking about Jesus he took a little child and had him stand among them taking him in his arms he said to them whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me and whoever welcomes me does not welcome me but the one who sent me And then in chapter 10, verse 13, on that passage where they were bringing little children to Jesus for him to touch them and bless them. And the disciples thought, it's real bummer. You know, what a headache. Jesus is too busy, too important to deal with kids. And so they tried to, you know, get this whole thing, you know, to stop. And Jesus said, just leave them alone. Let them come to me for they are very precious. And the kingdom of God is very much linked with the children and their heart and attitude. Now, three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, all these three Gospels, we have this story mentioned. That means the Holy Spirit is trying to say something very significant and important that if you read it, if I read it one time and I forget it, then I will read it again. If I forget it, then I will read it again. And I think it's very, very significant. And my journey in understanding the ways of God regarding this matter, it took little time for me to understand what the Lord is saying. For you see, some of you who read my writings from the early days, all I cared about in all that I do is somehow preach the gospel, get people repent and plant churches. Children, Well, I didn't think much about it. You know, some churches, not this church, uh, but there are some churches that look at children and say, it's a necessary evil. Let's do something for the kids so we can get the adults come and get their money. I know it's not about you. (laughs) But you know, it's so amazing how Jesus think about this thing. And in my world of missions and serving God, this was not very important. And the Lord began to change my heart by knocking Continually upon my heart and leading me on a road to encounter events after events where he had changed my heart. And one of those times I remember some time ago in the streets of Bombay, five million live in the slums of Bombay, the largest slum of the world. If you walk into those slums, if you simply walk among these people, you have to pinch your nose, otherwise you'll throw up. You'll find hundreds of little kids, naked little kids, playing in the murky, dirty sewage waters in the open. The suffering, the pain, the anguish 
unimaginable. Something that I encountered that stayed with me. You know, when tourists go to India, they are told, when you are on the streets of Bangladesh or India or Kathmandu, wherever, do not give money to the beggars on the streets. If you do, they will mob you. You cannot get away because too many of them. So this was one of my experience on the Bombay street right there. You know, dozens and dozens of little children, beggar children on the streets with their hands out. Then mothers carrying little babies, naked little kids with a bloated stomach asking for money. I mean, what do you do? So I didn't want to do anything. But then as I was waiting for the light to turn green so I can cross the street, I hear this voice from behind me. Saab, sir, my father died. And my mother is too ill. She can't beg anymore. I have a little baby brother. He is crying. He's hungry. Would you please give me a few pennies so I can buy some bread and take it to him? The light turned green and, and all those people, hundreds of them just walked away. But I couldn't move. I turned around and, and looked at this young girl, maybe eight, nine-year-old, a little girl, wearing rags, holes all over, dirty fingernails, dust mingled with the sweat running down from her hair, long, thick, black hair, no shoes, no sandals, nothing, just like that. And I was so gripped by that, I put my hand in my pocket and took all the money I could find and gave it to her. I began to walk. It was strange. It was asked though Christ himself joined me on the walk and simply asked me a question. So, what do you think about that beggar girl you just met? Is her life as precious and valuable as your daughter? It so happened I had two children born in the United States. My daughter at that time, around the same age, her German mother takes care of her so well. Every week, bed sheet, pillow covers changed. Her own table Furniture, air-conditioned room, and carpeted room, and go to school. And I, I never, ever, ever heard my children saying, I'm so hungry, I'm dying, give me some food. I'm going to die, give me food. No, I never saw them hungry. But then, as a minister of the gospel, my answer to Christ was very fast. Oh, Lord, you know, her life is as precious and valuable as my daughter. But... He didn't ask me one more question. Left me to walk alone, weeping on the streets of Bombay. That was one of the many experiences the Lord allowed me to encounter. To help me think about what he is thinking about these precious children. I was speaking at a church in Southern California. And somebody came to me and gave me a CD and said, uh, Brother KP, you may want to listen to this song called What Now? The CD was by Stephen Curtis Chapman. You know the guy? Neat brother. I was with his wife Beth on a television show some time ago. Very serious people. Anyway, he wrote this song. He sang this song. And I am not going to sing it for you. <laughs> but I want, to, I want to read the words of this song. Please listen. I saw the face of Jesus in a little orphan girl. She was standing in the corner, 
on the other side of the world. And I heard the voice of Jesus gently whisper to my heart, Didn't you say you wanted to find me? Well, here I am. Here you are. So what will you do now that you have found me? What now? What will you do with this treasure you have found? I know, I may not look like what you expected. But if you will remember, this is right where I said I would be. You found me. What now? When you look into the eyes of little children, what do we expect to find? Laughter, joy. They want to be hugged. And contentment and peace. But when those things are replaced with hunger, molestation, fear, anxiety, and hopelessness. You know what? That must arrest me. Stop me. To say, oh Lord, what are you thinking? What must I think? But I'm so self-centered, so consumed about my own children, my life, my work and everything. I just don't have time to think about those things. At least the way he would think about it. And I'm grateful to God for the brokenness he brought into my life over these years to understand this. 160 million child laborers in India, the largest number of working children in the world, they start their work as early as at the age of four and five. From morning till night, they work, making eight or nine cents for the whole day's work. In carpet-making factories, brick-making factories, firecracker-making factories, they are literally slaves to these rich, affluent factory owners and landlords, little kids. How many? 160 million. Who are these children, you ask? That's what I asked. I began to look and search and found out these are the children of the untouchables, the Dalits. Have you ever heard that name, untouchables or Dalits? Raise your hand. Wow, you are educated. Many people don't know this. India with 1.2 billion people today. Nearly 300 million of those people are called the untouchables. These people, they have no caste. They are the lowest and the lowest and the downtrodden. Just recently this report was released. Thousands of untouchable female children between 6 and 8 years old are forced to become maidens of God. They are taken from their families, never to see them again. They are later raped by temple priests and finally auctioned secretly into prostitution and ultimately die from AIDS. It is estimated by NGOs that 5,000 to 15,000 little girls are auctioned secretly every year. That makes me mad. You know what is more serious? If it is my daughter, my son, in the condition, what do I want from them? You're listening to The Road to Reality with Brother K.P. O'Hannon, founder and director of GFA. KP will be back here in just a moment. 
He's been sharing how the Lord impressed on him this great need in India. Here, at our mid-break, we'd like to share a very powerful way that you can tangibly express God's love to people in Asia, many of which are living in poverty. How would you like to help lift a family out of poverty, set them on a path of hope? We've found that a great way to do that is by providing income-generating farm animals, like cows, chickens, or pigs. You can learn more about this, or even make a donation toward livestock that will enable us to match needy families with the best animal for their specific situation when you visit roadtoreality.org. Again, we're at roadtoreality.org. Or call us toll-free, 866-946-2742. If you're in Canada, go online to roadtoreality.ca or call 888-946-2742. Well, as promised, now here with the second half of today's message. Once again, here's KP. Did you know I came to Jesus at the age of eight? Did you know my mother who prayed three and a half years every Friday fasting, one of her sons to become a missionary, she came to Jesus as a teenage girl. Did you know my two children, Danny and Sarah, they gave their life to Jesus at the age of six and seven. They both are working as missionaries in India today. Now you can say the same thing to me. Brother KP, I gave my life to Jesus when I was two years old. Yeah, you did it. Today we have some 30,000 children in 280 centers. Ah, You must see their faces, the joy and their contentment. First time in their life, there's hope. But then there are some sad stories. I remember hearing about one of our centers when the kids were all, you know, leaving their center that evening. The teacher came out and saw a young girl standing outside just weeping, just weeping. She was not part of our school. So the teacher asked, what's your name? Where do you come from? Why are you crying? She just kept crying. And the first statement she said was this. My brother also died. The story, like Tens of thousands of poor people living on the railway tracks, railway stations, on the streets. Her people were living on the streets. Her grandfather died and grandmother died. Her parents died. And the only thing she had left was her brother. And he also died. And then she said this. I had a friend who was playing with me, but he's no more playing with me. I heard... He's at your school studying here. I came to ask, would you please take me also? I have nowhere to go. Of course, you know what we did. Who knows someday she may become another Emmy Carmichael. Someday that little Naboon may become someone who will change the course of a nation, a society. You heard this before. I was complaining and murmuring about not having shoes until I saw someone who didn't have any legs. Please, I ask of you, my dear sister and my dear brother, don't let the enemy 
take you into a world of being so concerned about our little problems that we think is so huge. What is it compared to the reality of a world and millions of children and the Dalits that we live with and we now understand their fate? Reach out with your love and compassion and mercy with your prayer. And God will take care of everything else. That is his call. After looking at some of these pictures and listening to what I had to say, you may be wondering, what am I supposed to do? Well, for my wife and I, of course, with our children now being gone, it was an easy decision. We said, we got two children we are going to take two more children to be ours so we can pray for them and help them so they will find life that they will not die on the street it is said there are over 100,000 children that live on the streets of Bombay not knowing who their parents are destined to perish but we can embrace them we can take them we can help them that's what gospel fascia began to do but what is 35,000 when you have millions out there that ask for help. I can't go after 10 million, 100 million, but I can go after one or two or three or four. That's what I want to tell you about. If the Lord has spoken to your heart about doing something to touch the lives of these little children, I want to recommend you to please look at this card that is in your bulletin. What it is, you can help one of these children to find hope. This provides their clothes, their food, their medicine, their education, and all that it takes month after month. You will be the only individual or family that help that child or children that you take. No one else. You alone. This is your child. And about the child, all the information, date of birth, everything, and all the explanation, everything is in this package. Where they are, date of birth, and all, all the stuff about them. Another thing, they write you letters and tell you about them, things you can pray for them. You can write letters to them and find out how they are doing. You know, if you have three children, take three children. If you have ten children, take ten children. If you are not married and hope to get married and have 25 children, take 25 children. <laughs> You can ask many you want. We got thousands of children right now that we have taken in without anyone promising to help them. By faith, we did that. And that's the reason I ask you on the behalf of our Lord and these precious children that you will want to do something about it. In closing, I want to tell you the story of a little boy who write his story, who ended up in one of our Bridge of Hope centers. Listen close. His, his mother was making a living for them by going to the forest and picking these dead woods and selling to the market. His father's job was a coolie carrying loads for other people. And the story is this. He writes, Dark, skinny body, this was my mother. Eyes sunken with pain, turns and look at us as she disappears into the woods. It is late in the afternoon. All we children eat and nothing all day. 
waiting and watching for mother after selling the sticks to come home with food. Our father left for nearby state looking for a coolie's job. For untouchables here like us, there's no job except cleaning latrines. Poverty and hunger took its toll. My mother died without help. My brothers and I didn't know what to do, wandering on streets all day long. Our father came home, a broken man, held us in arms, cried bitterly. He sits and gazes into the dark, mutters to himself, I don't know what. The sun rose with bright hope. Some kind people took us to school. At first, I didn't know much at all. Now I know we have hope. Often, my eyes seek my mother. I still cry and grieve. When I see a dark, skinny vendor of wood, I wish I had money to buy her sticks. The good news is that little boy and his siblings are now in one of our centers growing up with hope. And that's what I like to see happen for 500,000 kids. A small dream, but it is possible with our God. It is possible. Let me say this to you. While we have this opportunity, I don't want you to think, oh, I have so much money, I have to do something for the poor children. No, don't do it out of guilt or condemnation. I want to do it for one reason. Jesus said to me, whatever you do for the least of these, oh, don't forget, you are doing it for me. And in these children, I see Jesus, and I want to serve him. May the Lord draw each one of us close to himself that we may become so preoccupied with him, not preoccupied with our own self and our little world. May the Lord speak to us. Amen. You've been listening to Brother K.P. O'Hannon here on the Road to Reality. And today we've been hearing about GFA's Bridge of Hope program. The poverty that is occurring right now in Asia is huge, may seem rather complicated, and maybe you've wondered, is it really possible to alleviate poverty there? Well, in many cases, the solution can be surprisingly simple, like providing animals that serve as a source of consistent income. The gift of an income-generating animal can really be a turning point in a family and a stepping stone to a new way of life, both financially and in their relationship with their Creator. If you'd like to learn more or provide an animal for a needy family in Asia, stop by RoadToReality.org. That's RoadToReality.org. Or call us toll-free, 866-946-2742. Again, 866 946 
2742. If you're listening to us in Canada, you can give us a call at 888-946-2742 or simply visit us online, roadtoreality.ca. We look forward to hearing from you soon. We'll catch you back here next week on The Road to Reality when Brother K.P. Yohannan will have another study from God's Word designed to strengthen and encourage us along the road to reality. 